In 2010, I co-founded a company called Startup Grind with one goal, inspiring, educating, and connecting every entrepreneur on the planet. Today, Startup Grind is now in 125 countries and has millions of members. Along the way, I found the most powerful marketing tool of all time, customer-to-customer marketing. C2C marketing empowers your greatest ambassadors, your customers, to evangelize your brand and grow your community. This is a podcast we wish we'd had when we started building our community a decade ago. Each episode, we talk to the brightest minds and companies on the planet to learn how they build their community and empower their customers. I'm your host, Derek Anderson, and this is the C2C Podcast. Hey everyone, this is John Fry from the Finesse Media team that produces the C2C Podcast. I'll be stepping in for Derek on this episode. I'm so excited to have our next guest, Selena Zamora, who is the Senior Program Manager of Developer Community at MongoDB. Selena is actually a return guest here on the C2C Podcast, and we have some awesome topics today like creating global community events, making hackathons virtual, how she approaches diversity and inclusion, and a beautiful story about a community member of hers that helped veterans that have lost a limb. Take a listen. So, Selena, could you describe for us uh, what MongoDB is and what you do in your role there? Yeah, absolutely. So, MongoDB is a general purpose document based distributed database. So, what that is, is, you know, we have relational databases that are pretty much driven and collected in chart or rows and tables. We're a NoSQL database that collects it using collections and documents. So what we do is we provide technologies for developers to easily uh, create applications. It's actually really innovative in the way that they, they manage their systems. We've learned a lot through it and I've learned a lot through it because I am not very technical. Right. Yeah. That's pretty much what we are. You've, you've worked a lot with technical people for not being a I, person. You know, I have, but in different areas. Yeah. And, and now working with developers, it's a whole different ballgame. So, you know, I really got to keep it in check. <laughs> really learn, you know, what it means to actually develop applications versus, you know, adminning products and the governance around it. Now it's more so applying what you've learned into something that others can use. So very different audience, but still, yeah, in the tech space. (laughs) Personally, my role, I am the senior program manager for the MongoDB developer community user groups. What I'm doing is essentially building and managing the program, allowing our developers to come together to share best practices, to learn from one another and share use cases on how they use our technology. So right now we are at the cusp of growing our community and our global uh, program. So we're learning a lot. We're dipping our toes into multiple areas, especially right now with how things are. So it's been quite a ride already. And it's, it's an awesome experience, to be honest. Never knew I would be working with developers but I'm enjoying it. It's it's been so much fun. Absolutely, and and you're a friend of the CDC podcast. You're a repeat guest, and you know you joined MongoDB in July, I believe, right? Yeah, at the end of July. The end yeah. Of July. So I'm curious. You know, like you said, you're coming into this new space. You're now working. You know, with with all these developers. I'm curious for you, who has also built you know user group community before. What was your uh, perspective and approach for joining a totally new organization 
and you know helping their you know user group C2C community get off the ground? The biggest thing that I've learned so far is to listen and to learn because I'm going into a whole different community. Like I was stating earlier, I've never worked with a developer community. So, you know, the needs, the wants, the, you know, from content to engagement, uh, channels being used are completely different. So now coming in with a mindset of, okay, what do I not know? What do I need to know? And really is, you know, I've, I've just tried to tap into different teams and understand specifically with our developer advocates too of who are our developers? You know, they already understand and speak the language. They understand what fuels our developers. And so really trying to understand how do we build trust? How do we engage in a way that really resonates with them? You know, what tools and resources are we using now in order to make this, you know, a, a really intentional effort versus me coming in saying, oh, well, I know how to build a community. It's more so, okay, teach me, really put my ear to the ground and understand, you know, the dynamic of teams, the dynamic of how they approach, you know, their customers and how they really have bridged that communication within our developer community. So... It's been a really great experience just because, A, you know, everyone is hungry for this program to evolve. It has existed in multiple areas, yet hasn't had the support or bandwidth in terms of teams doing this alongside the regular role and trying to elevate the experience. And now that it exists within our developer community and developer relations, we're starting to see this huge, um, just people raising their hands and, and trying to figure out how they can be a part of it, or just wanting to learn more about how they can incorporate their overall strategy into this program. So it, a lot of it has just been exploratory chats, really diving in with various teams that just have a good pulse on what we're trying to do. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, Full collaboration. Right. And sometimes I tell them, I'm like, I'm coming in hot. Right. Lots of questions, <laughs> but my intentions are good. I promise. Right. So, <laughs> I'm curious, you know, with those conversations, either you had directly with the community or with the developer relations people, what were one of those big insights? Maybe it was a new channel that you didn't realize or like a piece of content that they wanted that you're like, oh, I need to like make sure this is in the program that I'm building. Yeah. So one of the key things that we've recognized is, you know, hackathons are a big deal with developers, you know, and we already are working in alignment with another organization on being involved with hackathons. And even one of our major um, products and, you know, technologies that we work with is already thinking of, okay, we need to have these hackathons because, granted, we work with open source. So, you know, there's an opportunity for developers to come in and apply their, their skill set and apply their knowledge and be able to elevate the experience as well as the application that they're working on. So, that was really key for me because it was like, okay, what platform should we be using? How should we be leveraging content? How should we roll these out in terms of internal and external communications? How should we be building support around this? Because as you know, hackathons virtually <laughs> are not the same as in person, right? You can't just hop into another room and be like, hey, 
So just looking and seeing what y'all are working on. Now the virtual side of things is, okay, how do we create something that makes sense that, you know, works for you in terms of it's very process oriented. So that way day of it runs seamlessly. So we're kind of in that learning curve right now of trying to figure out how does that work? What should we be implementing? Who are the right people to invite or the key stakeholders? And so that's been a huge, huge learning opportunity. I'm sure I'm, I'm going to dive deep on the virtual hackathons in a second, but I'm also curious, especially with COVID happening, were there any other different types of events that you found like, oh, these are something that the community really wants? Yeah. So, you know, because of COVID, MongoDB or the developer community had already established a virtual global community, which blew my mind because I was like, duh, you know, we should be providing a more global effort instead of just being hyper-local and focusing on that. So what we did is we've built a strategy around that and leveraging that global community and offering a monthly technical and non-technical talk. So that way there's this level of, there's a regular cadence, you know, but it also is touching not only in the technical side or how to like leverage certain documentations and technologies and use cases, but also coming into the, what everyone considers soft skills and saying, oh, okay, let's, let's share that as well, because people are really interested and hungry for it. Oh, wow. So the thing is we have this ability to expand our footprint quickly um, with the content that we provide versus just providing it within certain communities on a local level. And that was key um, for not only us right now thinking, you know, more strategically within the organization, but also how do we reach people where they are? You know, they can be in the APAC region or EMEA or in the States. How do we get them all in one single place? without feeling like they can only join within their community. It's like, no, 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 you're actually a part of a much larger family. So we're actually going to come with really valuable content and feedback that y'all have provided us and be able to show up the way you need us to versus us assuming, oh, this is what you want. It's more so as community is figuring out what it is that they need now and making it more intentional for them versus just bringing out presentations and just seeing how quickly we can get things going. Right. So yeah, that was big for us. Um, And we've seen a a high response with that. It's been cool. Yeah, I love the idea of the soft skills because you hear lots of events for developers on all technical topics, but that's something that's like, yeah, that would make sense. Maybe, you know, developer would would want that. They're they're great with the hard skills, but maybe communication and other things could, you know, use some improvement. Yeah. I mean, we're all looking for professional development, right? You know, we, we can definitely hone into the technical skills, but then there's a way of also projecting, you know, us holistically as a whole to say, oh yeah, you know, I'm really looking at figuring out how to be a better developer advocate within my own organization, or I aspire to be, but I need to know like how to be a better speaker at conferences or, you know, I want to, I'm in the transition of maybe becoming a developer and want to know how to get there. So, and I'm also curious about, you know, your learnings around the uh, virtual events, because you have 
tons and tons of, uh, you know, overseeing in-person events under your belt. But I'm curious, what was one major learning? It could have been a success or it could have been a failure from running these, you know, new virtual events that you've kind of adjusted from the in-person strategy? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is assumption, right? Like assuming that that's what somebody needs, whether it be content, whether it be the cadence, whether it be whatever it is. It's, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is taking a step back and, you know, kind of punting that to them and saying, okay, and having more pulse checks, like, is this working? Is this not working? You know, before with in-person events, you still collect feedback, right? And everyone's kind of like around, oh, well, it could have had better pizza or something like that. Like now you're really honing into the content, like the good stuff. Like, right. how are we showing up for them? Is it too interactive? Very little interaction. Or are they wanting more demos and labs? Are they wanting more of the social component versus the presentation or the educational um, side of things. So I think the biggest thing is just really trying to keep our checks and balances straight. Are we actually providing the right type of information, the right type of environment? Is this still a safe place for them? Are we still encouraging inclusiveness and encouraging um, a very welcoming space? So, you know, people are tired. They're tired of the Zoom fatigue is real. And, you know, time equity is real. And it's one of those things of how do we adjust this so that way you don't feel you're taking away from the time where you can disconnect. So one of the other things we've learned is do it within the workday, you know, because at five o'clock or whenever you shut off, you're done, you know, and I know personally, like, I don't want to talk about anything on Zoom. You know, I have family Zoom meetings and I love them because we're joking around and stuff. But even then, that's exhausting because I'm always on Zoom and or I'm always on some video conferencing tool. And so trying to, like, make sure that we wrap it into their workday. And that way, at the end of the day, happy hour means happy hour, however they define it, you know, or include it as a coffee chat. So that way, at least they feel like from nine to five or eight to whatever, this is my time to be on. And after that, everyone's respecting my time and I'm removing myself from being virtually connected. Yeah, that's a great point because the in-person part, so much of it is just uh, meeting new people and networking and having that FaceTime, which is, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some networking, but it's just, it's just completely different. Yeah. So, and like you said, people are fatigued. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we also have to be okay with, you know, not having too many events because I think, you know, metrics wise, we start thinking, well, are we having enough events Right now? It's like, and we're always about quality events, but now it's like quality events. Like, is this really adding or fueling them in the right way? Do they walk away with something that they didn't have before that really fueled them in the right direction? And, you have a lot of competition with virtual events everywhere. So finding what really works and also recognizing that the people that are coming to your events truly are there for a reason because they're hungry for learning more. And whether it's five people or it's 25 or 105, whatever it looks like, just be like humbled that they're there and be able to like continue to provide them what they're looking for. 
So it's it's been a very humbling time. <laughs> Absolutely. And I wanted to touch back on a topic that you mentioned a little bit ago, which is diversity and inclusion. I'm curious, again, with COVID as well, how do you look at it, not just from the you know numbers perspective of hitting certain stacks or quotas or whatever, but more so the human level, like how do you get the corporate side encouraged and involved? How do you get the community encouraged and involved? What is your approach there for you know, helping people to, to see that it's important and make an effort? Yeah. So, you know, diversity and inclusion is such a, a, a substantial topic and community is such a substantial topic, right? Like we all are figuring out how to manage that personally and professionally. I think within organizations, we have had to have serious conversations around what both look like, you know, diversity and inclusion, what community looks like, how do we incorporate both? How does that look like um, from the inside out and the outside in? And Really, I think the biggest thing right now is, again, like listening. It's taking a step back and listening with the intent to understand. And then really ask questions around how you have a set of values. How are you operationalizing your values? You know, how are you incorporating inclusion? How are you, you know, from the way that you onboard to the way that you support, even with community, it's the same thing. How are we communicating to our developers? How are we, are we reaching them where they are? All groups, underrepresented groups. You know, I joined um, a few communities myself because I was looking for a space, you know, being a Latina and being a part of the Latinx generation, you know, it's, or just the community, the Latinx community, it's huge to be able to collaborate with others and learn and how to like drive awareness and education internally within your organization, but also how to drive it within your external community too. And, you know, taking those lessons and incorporating them into our community too is, is like, okay, who do we need to bring front and center? Where are we lacking? What, and we have to have those really hard conversations of, are we driving inclusivity? Are we really like really driving it? Like, how are we doing it? It looks great on paper, but if you're not actually incorporating it from the top down and and down upwards too, in terms of are your teams actually doing it? Leadership can speak openly about it and all the plans that they have. But if individual teams are not incorporating that level of strategy of, hey, let's look at our team dynamics you know, are we actually leveling up in that space? Let's see who we're hiring. Are we actually discussing this with various recruiters too? You know, what are our tactics around that? What are we doing in order and are we bringing the right people in? Are we even like touching base with the underrepresented uh, communities? For me, like I've always been very passionate about it. Granted, I live, eat and breathe it regularly. Oh, Latina in tech. Granted, I'm not a technical role, but I advocate. I'm an ally for women in tech and, you know, Latinos and other underrepresented communities. But the thing is, like, being an ally, too, is is figuring out how am I doing that and incorporating it into my role. And, you know, even recently, we, we have a talk coming up with a friend of mine who 
She was a former Colombian lawyer for the Colombian prison system. Now she's a front end developer. And I mean, wow, right? Stories like that, bringing them forward and front and center to be able to share with others. Because I will tell you, I don't know how many people I have chatted with that are going through transitional times right now that are looking for opportunities to learn from one another because they're in that transitional point too of changing professions right. or looking for a community that'll help elevate their experience or share their stories. I think right now, the biggest thing that we need to really incorporate is how to be multipliers. How do we elevate everyone else that's going through it through our own stories? How are we being allies internally? How are we driving change within our own teams and our organizations? And then even more specific to what we're discussing is how do we incorporate into the community? And how do we communicate that? Who are we communicating with? Because as you know, tech, the tech space is heavily um, male-dominated. There's a small percentage of underrepresented communities, you know, from the Latinx community, um, the LGBTQ you know, we have so many of our communities right now are being impacted, but yet we're like, okay, how do we incorporate elements that make sense, like content, use cases? How are we elevating, you know, the opportunity for others to be able to share that also within their own communities? Right. So I think honestly, it's, it's again, going back to where I started, because I know I digressed, I could keep talking about it, but it's really listening and understanding and then having those hard discussions, opening up a safe place where people can talk about it and then being able to operationalize those values where it actually makes sense that you are incorporating, you know, DNI or DEI initiatives into every aspect of your organization from leadership to the team dynamics, to the communities you're building and extending to. Yeah. I think that has been, there's been the uh, the Black Lives Matter protests and, and everything after George Floyd. And I think yeah. one of the, the good things that has come out of that is we've realized, okay, we need to take, you know, talking points or things that we're talking about and figure out to implement them and then measure them within these, these systems. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think it's such a good point on like all of the different levels. Like how do we make sure talking, the talking points are great, but how are those being integrated into the actual teams and the communities and, all the different layers. So fantastic point. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of work to do, but definitely, you know, I think we're in a generation now where, you know, unfortunately we don't have a choice. Yeah. We have to actively participate and we actively have to be allies and advocates and truly be able to stand either with your team or solely and say, you know, what are we doing? And asking those questions, putting them front and center with people who are making the decisions. And I think a lot of individuals, I know even with my organization, they want to hear it. They want to know, you know, and they're like, okay, now we need to implement things to change it, to actively change it. Not to say that we're going to change it, but to actively do it. I love that. And I would also love to know, you shared a great story a second ago, but I would love to hear one of your favorite stories from people in your community, could be the current one, could be past communities, but I would love to hear a story that has come out of uh, one of your communities that you love. 
Yeah. Well, gosh, so many. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, seeing that question and just being, you know, I, God, I, when you, when you're building communities, so many of the stories just become a part of who you are, mm-hmm. you know, and those are the wins that as a community builder, you look for, because it's, it's not even that you're looking for it. It's kind of just this like never ending reward. You know, you don't, as a, as a builder, you stay behind right. and just kind of provide the resources and everything else to just elevate whoever's in your community. But when you hear these stories, they just kind of blow your mind and humble you and empower you all at the same time. And I think one of my favorite stories is um, one of my past communities I, w- I was at and one of our leaders was actually helping a veteran organization, um, specifically with individuals that had lost uh, limbs or, you know, an appendage to at a specific war zone um, that they were a part of. And being in a place or being, I, I, I can't even, I mean, I have so much respect for veterans and for the sacrifice that they have um, taken. And what I love about this story is that one of our leaders, A, he is a natural community builder at heart, but he took the skill set and the the tools that we had within our organization to help elevate this, this nonprofit. He said, you know, you all are, what they were doing is building um, vehicles to help veterans um, that needed assistance in being able to drive a car, to be able to get around. And what he did was built a service desk and an overall um, experience for them to be able to capture applications, to be able to understand where things were um, in terms of production, because this nonprofit, granted, as you know, nonprofits don't have a lot of, you know, financial backing. And they, you know, a lot of it comes from funding that might be, you know, loans, grants, things that might be able to, that they could apply for. But the thing is, you know, a lot of them don't know, like, oh, I'm supposed to be building some type of service desk in order to be able to show what we're doing or that users might actually need some type of assistance here. And So it's a scrappy way of doing things because you're just so like passionate about, you know, your mission and your vision, but the operational side is what makes it really difficult to be able to withstand, to withhold, to scale. So what he did is he worked with some other leaders to provide a, an environment for this nonprofit. They use their skill set to help. And it was a phased approach and, just seeing the the response, seeing the impact and knowing that he was giving back, just it, it blew my mind. You know, you, you work with people that are just so incredibly selfless and, you know, they're constantly helping their own communities with bringing them together and sharing, you know, opportunities and, and so on. But for him to extend it even further was just, incredibly humbling. I personally, I think we all go through this like level of how can we give back and we just don't know how, but there's others that actually just do. Yeah. And he just did. Yeah. And so I have so much respect for him for doing that, but also just 
again, he was a multiplier in this. Like he wasn't looking for recognition. He mm -hmm. was just looking to help. Yeah. And using the tools and the platform also to say, hey, I'm going to let everybody else know what we're doing so others can get involved and be able to help as well. And it was just amazing. And, and the company itself, too, was was blown away and we're, we're looking for opportunities to help as well. So it was cool. It was just community giving back to community, yes. which is what we really aim for. Right. So. I love that story. I am. I, now I'm inspired. I'm like, man, what can I, what can I do? Like, <laughs> awesome. Well, Selena, cool. this has been yeah. a great round two, a great second interview. Thanks <laughs> for coming back on the C2C podcast. Thank you so much for the honor of being here again. It's been awesome. Of course. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. That's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.